0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Listen. Um, I need to give um, a heartfelt appreciation and thanks and gratitude to everybody that is continuing to listen, that is leaving um, reviews on iTunes and hitting me up on Twitter. You know, um, I read all of your comments. I read all of your posts. And um, I'm so grateful that you guys are appreciating what I'm doing and and you're loving the guests that I'm having on. And speaking of which, the guest that I have today, I am so excited to talk to you. (laughs) Um, Shane Moss, who is a comedian. He has a tour going on right now called The Good Trip Tour, and he has his own podcast called...
2: Here We Are. Here We Are. And Here We Are. And Here We Are.
0: Um... Well, thank you for for saying yes and Yeah, really thanks for this. having
2: me. I'm excited. Um and uh yeah, just for your listener's sake as a fellow podcaster. Yeah. Uh every single iTunes review motivates me so much anytime I read and and not only that, but when you get more reviews, it bumps up your podcast in like it's ranked on various things and so I just want to be a second person hounding your guests to give a nice review.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And, and also, um, I am a energetic black hole that, um, can never get praised enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, but it's, it's, um, like I love, I love getting to do this. Like I, I never thought that I would venture into the podcasting world, um, But then again, as I'm sure that you and I are going to get into during this talk, um, you know, it's only in hindsight that I'm able to recognize that everything happens exactly the way that it should, Mm. you know, and that, um, you know, the universe, spirit, Godhead, you know, collective consciousness, whatever you want to call it, um, is... is always leaving um, little spiritual pieces of breadcrumb, as it were, you know. Um, so looking back, getting to see, oh, yeah, this was, was a clear trajectory for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I as someone who would have been very much against the idea of a collective conscious, um, consciousness, like, probably... Four or five years ago, I mean, I've, I've come around to uh, being more open to those ideas and, and definitely um, they help explain some things that I definitely had a hard time explaining in other ways.
0: Yeah, because I know, like, based on the research that I did, um, we have a few things in common. Um, you grew up Catholic. Mm hmm. I didn't grow up in the Midwest, but you grew up in Wisconsin. Correct? Yeah, yeah, small-town Wisconsin. Yeah, small-town Wisconsin, um, Catholic, and <clears throat> and rebelled, I heard. Yes, very much so, as and, much as I could. Yeah, and also had like qu- quite the, um, <clears throat> an inquisitive nature mm-hmm. in terms of questioning everything that you were taught, especially if it didn't sit well with you
2: from right from the get-go from a very very early age i just had that and i'm very fortunate for it now uh wow. early on in my life i just thought like i was a crazy person and i was like why am i not seeing like everyone else talks so matter of fact about things but i have so many questions and it doesn't seem like the answers i'm getting make any sense and so i thought either i was a crazy person or the whole world is crazy And, uh, it turns out that either both or neither are the case, depending on how you look at it. Um, but, but, uh, I mean, now I really, really value my, my inquisitive nature and I'm happy that I was very kind of, well, I don't care. I'm not going to conform. I'm going to keep on questioning things and I'm going to keep on rebelling. And it was not without its costs, you know, like, um, uh, Lots of getting in lots of trouble when I was younger, and and then um, you know I've been to jail a couple times, short short little stays, um, but uh, still more embarrassing than the actual like uh, trauma of jail or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, yeah, there was a lot of shame. Uh, I'm re- I'm realizing like this Catholic guilt stuff that you hear so much about is a real thing that's that's uh coming to the surface more and more um i always thought like oh i don't give a fuck i just do my thing and i don't care what anyone thinks about me and as i'm older i'm like oh you know a lot of that was a lot of guilt driven (laughs) behavior
0: yeah for sure for sure i mean i i equate it to spiritual ptsd Mm. you know like that's really how um I view it for myself partially because, you know, um, I, I, I never understood how people could speak about a God who is so unconditionally loving, but there were 2000 conditions that needed to be met before you could gain access to that said love. Um, and and I remember getting kicked out of, like, CCD class mm. for asking questions.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, caused all sorts of trouble in CCD.
0: I mean, it just... It's... Do you think
2: just the general population knows what CCD is?
0: I think the general Catholic population, yeah. but the well, general... The it's general... just like
2: Sunday school, but usually on, like, a Wednesday night.
0: Exactly. Yes, yeah. a Wednesday Why 5 a Wednesday night?
2: Why is it <laughs> yeah. like such, such it, a strange...
0: And, like, I specifically remember, like, it being in, like, the winters, so I remember that I would go in and the sun would be setting, and by the time I came out, like, it would be dark out, Mm -hmm. and you would have those, like, little, like, textbooks that you had to study that had really bad, like, graphics on them and really bad cartoons about Jesus and the disciples, Mm -hmm. you know, and... And if there's one thing that I learned, it's that inquiry is discouraged. And if anything, the more you inquire and the more you ask, um, the more you're considered to be a sinner. Um, Mm. And the more you are considered to... um,
1: Well,
2: going along with things yeah. is a good advertisement of, of like this in group kind of behavior. Like, yeah. oh, we all kind of buy into this thing. Like, um, you look at, say, um, Hasidic Jews, Jews that have these weird, by most anyone else's standards, this weird, like, swirly hair thing that mm-hmm. doesn't seem terribly stylish mm-hmm. to anyone else. But, um, but if you go along with it, Um, you're advertising, like not, not only are you advertising that you're in the in group, but you're also, things need to have a cost for you to kind of advertise like true, um, uh, information so that you're not just like bullshitting. Um, and, and the cost is, is that these out groups think you're like crazy or weird or whatever, but, and then, and then it does another thing where, because these out groups, you don't fit into these out groups. Then the only place that you fit in is your little in group, so it just kind of reinforces itself.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I think I think it's 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 really it's really really interesting. Just a religion in general, you know, and and the idea that um, well, on one hand, and 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 to be clear with the people that are listening, you know, I'm not knocking. Religion. I'm not knocking a person's desire to find what their truth is, you know, where it is that they want to go in life. Bah, 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 However, there is something to be said based on my experience, and, and I know the experience of, of a lot of other individuals where, especially if you are the quote unquote proverbial other mm-hmm. within a group. Um, and you have this feeling of, oh my God, why, why can't I just go along and conform? Um, like, why, can't, like, why can't I, why can't I just fucking do it? Um, and yeah, like there is a lot of shame and there is a lot of guilt that comes with it, especially like for me, man, like I was terrified of going to hell. Like I was Absolutely terrified of going to hell, but more importantly than that, like that wasn't, that wasn't the, the driving force in my desire, but it was, I didn't want God's love to be withheld from me, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it felt like it was impossible to meet those conditions. And I don't know how it was for you, um, also because, like, you're a dude, you know?
2: I just never bought into any of it. You I mean, never did. I mean, maybe when I was, like, three or four or something like that. But, like, but
0: five, six, seven. Yeah, eight.
2: I started questioning. I had some serious questions, questions about yeah. it that I had to internalize and I couldn't really express. Yeah. And then I just kind of made up my mind. Um, or like, I mean, things like Noah's Ark and stuff seemed, like, really silly and, like, a grown-up version of Santa Claus. Um, but then... Um, and just didn't add up to me. And then, uh, but then um, when I had asked specific questions, like I remember um, a, a family friend committed suicide. It was the first person that I knew that committed suicide. Yeah. I'm not really even sure that I knew what suicide was before that or thought of it as like a possibility or anything. And I remember in class they were talking about uh, in CCD class that... The guy who's just, like, some dude that's, like, some, like, kid's parent or something like that, just reading out of a textbook. Yeah. It was talking about how how people that commit suicide go to hell. Yes. And this was, like, one of the best. This is, like, this doctor, and he just, he was going through a divorce, and, you know, It's too bad that he didn't just get counseling help, but he was a fantastic, fantastic man. Everyone that knew him, um, loved him. He was just going through a rough patch and took action on it. And I remember asking afterwards, I was like, so I just had a friend kill himself, but they went to church. Like if they went to church, does it, is it that definitive? Like they, and they're like, Oh no, like, you guys in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing, and I was like, see, all this is just such a load of shit. You're just telling me what I want to hear because, and, you know, I wasn't articulating it exactly like this, but yeah. just, I sensed that, you know, they're just telling, because it was, it made them uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, to, to tell a little kid that his, his friend uh, is in hell. Yeah which it should make you very uncomfortable yes. um, to do that. But how about how about not have this weird fucking criteria of this? W- I mean, the idea of hell is so silly on so many levels. Um, and, I mean, it wasn't even in the origins of, of the Bible. It was something that kind of got misconstrued and interpreted differently than, like, later on. In later writings, they, like, kind of expanded on this, this idea. And, and then... I mean, it just worked. It just took off. Like it got, you know, it scaring people helps. Well, yeah, for
0: sure, absolutely.
2: But to do that to a kid seems like slightly immoral to me. I mean, I get if that's how you're raised, and I'm all for people searching for the truth, and I'm I'm not against religious people. Yeah, but you know, if you have kids, just know they might be like me, and they might have questions, and the answers that that is providing are not uh helping in any way might be driving them crazy might be might be making them think oh i shouldn't listen to anything Mm -hmm. my mother and father or any authority figure Mm -hmm. have to say because they're all either just lying to me or wrong or Mm. confused Mm. or whatever And then I didn't get a lot of information growing up that like had I had respect for authority figures and and there would have been positive things that I could have learned from having, um, you know, older role models, which I which just wasn't really a thing um, for me. I I just uh, I never I never really clicked with any um, kind of adult um, and I just felt like they were lying to me all the time and i think that uh that you know a lot of people are like well that's how i was raised and i turned out okay mm-hmm. and like okay but there's individual differences yeah absolutely and great like if you raise your kids a certain way and that and it helps them and it gives them the best life possible you know and maybe you're right maybe there is this hell and everything else you know who knows but you might you might also be thinking about you might also want to think that you're limiting your child's abilities i mean i was always uh i was always um i could do well in school if i ever tried but i was like fuck this (laughs) like i
1: didn't
2: i never cared yeah unless i had to like i just pass a test or whatever To, i'd study for like a day or something like that to pass some important test to pass the class and it's like yeah as long as i don't have to take this dumb class again that's all that i need
0: for sure And,
2: uh, and cheated like most of my way through school and just didn't give a fuck. And the thing was, was I would read, I I would have plenty of interest that I'd look into on my own, but there's a lot of valuable things that I missed out because of my, and, and that's not to blame my religion or parents or anything like that for, um, the way that turned out. It's just, I like sharing my experience so that people know that, um, that's another possibility of how children react in these uh very strict environments whereas i i'd have friends that were like their parents would let them never give them a curfew or anything and they were always like top of their class and well-behaved and like never really got into trouble yeah and they had the opportunity to get into all the trouble they wanted to yeah but they respected their parents uh insights and and you know, would ask them about life. I would never talk to my parents about anything. Hmm. Um, I would just your day. Yes. Like a- yeah. anyone, and my parents are great people. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just were doing, they they were imperfect people. Like we all are doing the best that they could. Yes. And, uh, and so we learn through the generations. And so, um, one thing that maybe people can learn from my experience is that, this doesn't work for raising every child. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, for sure. And, and I feel like, you know, we, we live in a culture that is that places the emphasis on being taught what to think as opposed to how to think. Mm. You know, and <clears throat> just, just listening to you speak, um, I too um, had strict parents growing mm. up. You know, um, and I feel like the only, the experience that I had in regards to, because do you find that the, after that answer came via, um, your question about suicide and and where that I mean, person... that was just
2: one easy, easy to remember example.
0: But what was, what was the final straw? Like, do you remember the final straw where you were like, fuck this shit?
2: Well, it was just, um it was actually just kind of a, it was a timing thing. It was between fourth and fifth grade where, you know, I was going, I knew I was going to be going to this new school and, um, like things were going to change. And I was going from fourth grade, the top of the class to now being this subordinate that, you know, a a little primate that the older ones are going to pick on. And, and, um, and, you know, I was excited and everything else, but it was just like it, I, that summer for me, it wasn't like I sat down and was like trying to find myself yeah. just naturally in a transformative and formative period of my life when I wanted to kind of I um, sort out a few things that were confusing me. That's when I, I was just like, no, I think that this is made up and that everyone's wrong about this. I didn't tell anyone that for another Five years where I would like start wading into the water of having philosophical conversations, yeah. which is all I ever wanted to have yeah. with anybody. But yeah. in my small town community, it was really difficult. Yeah. Um, I think that's why I liked drugs so much early on was because it got people outside of the the box a little bit. And it was just like, oh, well, if I got to get high to share my opinions and then be received by people other than Rather than people, um, like either telling on me or judging me or or saying how wrong I am or whatever, and but drugs can loosen you up and make you see things a little bit differently. And so, um, for all of their their many negative as- aspects and shortcomings, they just worked really well for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, in that regard, and I mean, fortunately. Fortunately, no one ever offered me like heroin or any, not. I'm not sure that I would have tried any like hard drugs when yeah. I was young, but um, but I was kind of up for anything. Yeah, like I felt trapped in a prison of existence. I mean, I still feel this way a little bit sometimes, but not not so much. It's more just a habit um, now. But school to me was a prison. It was like I don't want to be here. I get that. Um, really? I don't think I'm getting any benefit from this, yeah. uh, which may or may not have been true. I mean, I'm sure there was more benefits than I realized, yeah. but I I couldn't understand what the benefits were. When I did pay attention, it was like so slow. Like they started putting me in advanced classes yeah. because then I'd pay attention because it'd be like a fast enough pace for me to, because it was just like, ah, like I get it. Yeah. Are we still going like, yeah that that's also the problem with the school system is you don't have people broken up into there there's people down at the bottom mm-hmm. that uh of of and this is by class too like I would like in certain classes like English I'm fucking terrible like mm. I would need I wish I could have gotten extra help in English yeah and then more challenges in math and science mm. um and I think that hopefully we start individualizing things um Eventually, rather than uh, like the idea of having a class where like, oh, all these kids are going to get this in the same way. And, you know,
0: well, yeah, I mean, I feel like that that we can only go up from here after we have the current, you know,
1: <clears throat> shake up
0: and the the current uh, <laughs> secretary of education. Right. Um, for fuck's sakes. Like we, we can only only go up from here. You know, Um it's. Man, like just listening to you talk, I like my, I'm like, which direction do I want to go in? (laughs) Um, you know, because you, A, bring up like so many valid points and I, I really do see myself a lot in, um, your experience again, which is like one of the reasons that like I love getting to do this so much, Mm -hmm. you know, like I wasn't raised in Wisconsin, you know, like I'm not a dude. Um, But I still had the same feeling of, you know, I started working when I was seven as an actor, you know, like, like I, I didn't spend that much time in school, but every single time I was in school, I felt like it was a prison. Every single time I wasn't working and I was in my house, I felt like I was in a prison and I had a countdown and I couldn't wait until the day that I could fucking leave, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then Philosophical conversations. I was lucky that I had a smattering of individuals in my life, you know, that, like, I remember this woman had given me many lives, many masters by, um, Dr. Brian L. Weiss. And it was this, um, psychiatrist that had graduated from like Yale or Harvard, um, who had this practice and ended up like regressing this woman until she was like in a past life. And that made much more sense to me, you know? Um, and that was like my first real, um, awakening to that there, a might be, there might be more, and, um, the, the, the principles that the, uh, it just fell more in line. It just made more sense, you know, like scientifically energy cannot die. It can merely be transformed scientifically energy cannot die, um, I'm like waiting for your response because I, I, I see, I see you.
2: (laughs) I, yeah, I would, I would say that, I mean, uh, matter dissipates and turns into other matter, um, like things die and then go into the ground, but the energy didn't disappear. It just transformed and turned into other things. So it doesn't, it doesn't preclude the idea of death and this is over for me. Um but, but I'm also, I mean, I'm also way more, I mean, just through psychedelic uh, experiences, I'm very much open to the idea of um an afterlife because I've seen things that just seem like uh, I mean, I have a hard time explaining away they I mean face value, it's like this is the afterlife, yeah, this is absolutely the afterlife, yeah, um, but then afterwards. I, I take a scientific approach and kind mm-hmm. of, and then I, I, I try to kind of explain how your brain could be seeing these things. And and I have, and I come up with a lot of great, interesting ideas. And then I, you know, I'll do it again, like DMT, um, yeah. which is a dis, disassociative that that makes you see like a different um, reality altogether. And, um, and I'll do it again. I'm like, nope, I was wrong. This is definitely the afterlife. And then I get over and I use... My understanding of neuroscience, my limited understanding of neuroscience to to like justify okay how how could you be seeing these like what if instead of gods we have these sub selves, these different consciousnesses inside of our heads, and it just looks very different, and we tend to project our inner world, so it seems like something else, and I'll smoke d m t again I'm like, nope, that was definitely god and and so like i I have this back and forth uh thing with it. Um, where definitely the more that I do it, the more I'm open to, um, I mean this, the idea of, of some sort of, um, like, like to me, it seems like there is a pattern Mm -hmm. that's cutting through everything. Like you were talking about early on, like, I'm not like, I see a book like the secret or something like that. And I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm a bit of, I'm a skeptic. I I, get it. I get it. I get it. And, and I'm like, well. Like, you're also saying that people are bringing bad things on them. Like, the author of The Secret said they asked her about, like, the tsunami, the tsunami that killed, like, a thousand people at at the time. They're like, well, what about that? And she's like, well, they must have been sending out some tsunami-like vibrations. What? It's like, that's not how the world works. What happens is there was an earthquake caused caused by uh, some uh, some shifts some uh I'm forgetting the fucking tectonic plate T- tectonic plate shifts yeah and and it caused this wave to and people happened to live where this wave happened to come yeah i do not for a second yeah. fucking and i think it's kind of immoral yeah to write these people well it's like well god must have meant for uh That those people, to. I mean, this is what we do. This is like this just world hypothesis that, that we all think like to think that the world is fair and predictable and that if you just do everything right, good things will happen because that's all the control that you have in life is to do that. So it's a little bit of an illusion, but, um, and, and we have this, uh, hypervigilant pattern recognition software that, that tends to perceive patterns where there aren't because the idea of missing a pattern where there is one, like say, say uh, rustling in a in the brush, could either be just some wind or a lion, mm-hmm. and um, you you could either err and be like, ah, it's probably just the wind, yeah. and a thousand. a time a thousand to one times it is just the wind but the one time that it is a lion it gets you yeah and so we tend to perceive these patterns um where they where they don't exist and then and then it gets into so this is like where a lot of victim blaming comes from Mm. where where if if someone gets murdered you can say, like, well, had someone had a gun there, because I own a gun, that won't yes. happen to me, yes. because I'm doing the, the right thing to protect myself. My daughter won't be raped like this woman on the news, because she, the woman on the news was dressed inappropriately. Yes. And my daughter yes. isn't asking for it yes. like that one was. Yes. Yes. And, and it's this this troubling way that we rectify these things and and i think that people are really unaware of how often that they do that so so i think it's important to keep in mind with the idea of like everything happens for a purpose is like it's easier to say when you're just talking about the positive things yeah Uh, you know and, and at a certain point then you do need to think about like well then why does all of this horrific stuff happened and my my from my experiences with dmt when i've kind of asked these entities or whatever that i believe is just the inner workings of my mind Mm -hmm. but just for kicks i'm like i'll just take it at face value and report what i'm seeing and it's as if there was this mathematical code that sprang up out of somewhere and and then it was like this realm of possibilities like this this math that's like every possible combination of every formula that, that exists like explodes and then becomes and from that like uh not just this universe but an infinite number of other universes bubble up from it and and every possibility that there is has to happen and so therefore and 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 the thing that i'm talking to in there is this thing that yeah. and i know how crazy this sounds no and but it doesn't. I, I, it doesn't it doesn't but well, to some people, I'm sure it yeah, does, and yeah. and to me, it kind of does, yeah. honestly. Um, but but this pattern itself gained consciousness yeah. after a while and became this God seeming thing, which God's a really silly idea or like a really silly label for like what it actually it, like like in there. I don't think of it as God. It's just like a label, a shorthand that I use afterwards yeah. for like, well, it's the best word that we have for what yeah. this thing is. And yeah. it's like it gained consciousness once this pattern, once this coding became complicated yeah. enough. And then it understood what it was, what it was and what its purpose was. Uh-huh. And it knows that it has to do this and experience every possibility. Yeah. And so, and, and there, it seems like there's a guilt that comes along with it too, because it knows that it needs to be, it knows how horrific, um, like being murdered, is. But it needs to experience being murdered yes. because that is one possibility. It needs to be a hero. It needs to be a victim. It needs to be a sinner, a saint. It needs to be the the abortion doctor, the aborted fetus, the 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 woman, and, and yeah, it, it needs to be including all the good, wonderful things. Yeah,
0: but I feel like it's what I always say is that I can't experience one without experiencing the other. Right. You know, um, and like, I can't, I can't know what the experience of cold is unless I also know what the experience of hot is. Right. You know, I, I cannot experience one without experiencing the other. So like when you say that and I'm like sitting here and I'm shaking my head and I'm saying, yes, you know, like it's God Godding. You know um, and again I use that word as well in um, just as like a short a short hand um, because I don't know what the fuck it is and when you were you were speaking about you know that that idea of like the other side of everything happening for a reason you know well then why I think I think the important thing is and this is just for me is that I get to look back on my life, just mine. Um, I was found in a locked closet eating peanut butter off a ball too, you know, and placed in a foster care. Hmm. You know? Um, <clears throat>
2: How long were you in foster care?
0: I was in foster care for three years hmm. before I was officially adopted when I was five. Um, well, I'm
2: sorry you have to hear me bitching about my leave it to beaver. Fucking no, no, upbringing. no, <laughs> no,
0: not at all. Because here's the thing too, right? Where it's, um, just because your experience is different than mine, a, doesn't make it any less valid, you know? Um, and b, like more importantly, um, I've never done, I've never smoked DMT. It's not um, for everybody. Yeah. I'm not but, saying that you should. Yeah, no, no, no. And it's it's definitely something that um, I'm open to. The only experience that I thus far have had with entheogens and psychedelics has been ayahuasca mm. and MDMA. Um,
2: How was the ayahuasca for you? Did it, you it break my life,
0: through to my like life. a
2: different plane of existence, or because my ayahuasca my ayahuasca experience was very mild? Yeah, but I think that um, I had a pretty low dose. Um, especially I'd done a lot of DMT. Um, I had had like 50 DMT trips before I did ayahuasca. And so I kind of think that I needed more. I, I think I just have a higher tolerance for psychedelics in general.
0: Well, my, my experience was like at the time, um, at the time I had been nine years sober in 2014 and I was, I was in therapy
2: Cheers to that, by the way. Cheers to Uh, that. I'm I'm recovering from three years of sobriety. (laughs) There we go. Nothing wrong with sobriety. I'm probably going to have to get back on that train at some point.
0: No. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that like, I I will say like disclaimer wise, you know, like it it was very helpful for me for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. You know, I got sober when I was 22, um, And was definitely using alcohol and drugs as a means to escape. Mm -hmm. um, Escape feeling, you know, because I didn't know how to deal with my feelings. And, you know, it allowed me to actually be present in my body, which is not something that um, I was able to do. And so cut to nine years sober seeing a therapist at the time in New York who was 25 years sober and I'm sure is still sober. Um, beautiful, beautiful being. And I, I was going through like a a really, really deep depression. And I, I talk about this. Um, I, 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 have talked about this before, you know, and I was going to therapy to deal with sex trauma and depression. Mm -hmm. And I had been doing every single thing that I was supposed to be doing, praying, meditating, getting out of self, blah, 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 blah. Like doing, doing the deal. Mm -hmm. And, and still I felt like I, I was a prisoner in my own body. And on top of that, I would like Ilania Van Sant, who's like, um, this like, famous therapist that's on Oprah's network. She talks about it being neck down dead as neck down dead. And he had suggested, you know, the possibility of me maybe doing ayahuasca and, you know, and for those of you that like listen every week, I'm sorry that like I'm talking about it again. Actually, I'm not going to apologize because it, well, it now you're important. talking
2: about it with someone that knows a lot about psychedelics. Yes.
0: So, um, so, so with that, I'd never done an entheogen or hallucinogen in my life. And it took me two years before I got suicidal enough (laughs) that I was like, okay, universe, whatever the fuck, like, you know, like mother ayahuasca, like fucking entity, like whatever the fuck this is, if I meant to do it, like, Mm -hmm i'm I'm ready for the opportunity and I kid you not within twenty four hours um somebody had reached out to me and said that there was been there had been a cancellation for a trip out of the country for a week if i wanted to go and it to was Peru? no oh, okay. to um an another part of south america okay um and if i if, if i wanted to go and my first instinct and my first response was no. And then I heard a voice say, I'd been reading Shonda Rhimes a year of yes. And I heard the voice say something to the effect of just like her, your first instinct is always to say no. You always say no to life. And so I was like, fine, fuck it. Yes. Um, and and the reason that I had originally hesitated was because I was terrified Um, of what was going to happen. I had no idea. And so cut to February of last year. Um, I found myself, um, with these strangers, these like 11 strangers and going up to like receive my, my first dose and the first night, you know, nothing really happened like nothing really happened, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like really, God damn it! And then cut to the next night because it, it's it's a very sacred experience, and it's not for everybody, and it's not a magic bullet. Like it's really not. It's it's a tool, um, and and it's been used successfully with um, with veterans and other individuals that suffer from PTSD PTSD and trauma and depression. Um, so the second night went up to take the first dose and I'm not really feeling anything. And I'm like, "Buck, I'm going to go up again. You know, they give you the opportunity to go up a second time. And I went up again and I did it. And then boom, all of a sudden,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I, feel so overwhelmed and i feel the medicine working in my body and the medicine is working with my body in congruence with the ikaros and and ikaros for those of you that don't know um are medicine songs so the shaman sits there and um sings these songs to the medicine for the medicine in order for the medicine to work through your body so that you get to have a transformative experience, whatever experience that's meant to be. Um, and I just remember I started crying and just crying and saying like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I didn't even know who or what I was saying it to, but it was so overwhelming. I was terrified. I thought I was going to die. And um, and I, I literally had the thought, oh my God, I'm... I don't know how to ask for help and my throat is going to close up and I'm going to choke on my tongue. I'm going to choke to death. Um, because one of the things that can happen when you take ayahuasca is that, um, you can vomit, you can purge, um, you can also shit and you're not like, if you're on SSRIs, you cannot take it. Um, it's like, there's a lot of stuff. So like, look it up. Um, I just want to make sure I cover all of my fucking bases. Yeah, it's illegal I, I gave in the DMT United...
2: to someone that didn't tell me they are on SSRIs once, and yeah. it was a uh-uh. troubling experience.
0: Yeah, like, and it's illegal here in the United States. Um, there's some permits here and there. There's, th- there are, um, you know, like the Santa Daime church, um, which you know is similar to ayahuasca. But, um, I remember thinking I was going to die. And this guy next to me, like telepathically, I kid you fucking not, like telepathically looks at me and I hear a voice say, you are not going to die, but you need to purge. That is your leap of faith. Purge. We're not going to let you die, but you need to do it. And I remember I did it. And then all of a sudden, everything made sense. Like as soon as I purged, and I purged and purged and purged and purged. And sometimes it felt like I was vomiting up like an elephant. It was so like just what I felt like just eons of baggage. And after it was finished, it was like I had arrived like, I had arrived, and I, I finally got it. Mm-hmm. I finally got why people traveled as far as they traveled and and participated in the, you know, um, preparation of not eating meat, not eating salt, not, like, just strict diet, and taking it very, very seriously. Not that I didn't. I did. But I, I finally understood, and... It was only then that I was able to recognize. So my entire life up until that point, and like a little bit after, but my entire life up until that point, I'd always had a desire to go home, but I didn't know what that meant, which is why suicide was always very appealing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought
2: about suicide quite a bit.
0: Yeah, and it was just—it was always an option Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to die. I just wanted to go home. I wanted to—I didn't know—I didn't know what that meant on a conscious level, and there is a a word for it. Um, I think it's it's a saadid. I'm actually gonna look it up while we sit here, Um, but I just. Like there was just that internal thing like I just I miss home you know and so when I finally had quote unquote arrived I remember then hearing a voice say we have been waiting for you for such a long time and we're so glad you're finally here Mm -hmm. and I was like holy fuck balls what is going on and I just got it it was like every single thing within in me, like the universe within me, I, I went from like a belief and a hope to like a knowing. Like, I know, not a maybe, bah, 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 but like a fucking knowing. Um, because that feeling that I had had my whole entire fucking life finally came full circle. Like that, um, this is what it is. This is what it is to be home. Like, this is what it is to be home. This is what it is to not feel safe, but be safe. Like, this is what it is to be in love and not like the hippy dippy, like, yeah, man, like peace and love and like what But I mean, like, intimate, deep, profound love um, that filled me with an immense gratitude um, but without the feeling that I had to then, um, I didn't have to earn my keep. You know what I mean? There was no sense of, well, oh, now what What do I have to do to pay this back? What do I have to do to pay back this feeling that I'm being given, you know, because I'm not worthy to just receive it as is, Right. you know, cause like you don't do that when you just go home, you know what I mean? There's no like admission price,
1: right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've had, and I mean, I can sciencey away all of this stuff. But yeah. if I'm just being genuine with my experiences, I've had um, very similar things happen, which I was, which is, uh, I mean, the very first time that I did the MT, right away, right away, it was just like a feeling like I was home and I was just like, Welcome. Yeah. So happy to see you. And then as I I, I'll meet other characters in there too. Yeah. And it's like we've known each other for a million lifetimes. Yeah. And uh and it definitely seems like uh I mean it it definitely I always get a feeling like this world is uh is a bit of a trick. And, yes uh,
0: but it's like but it is like but what... it's
2: part of it it must be part of it i just don't understand what part of it like i don't understand how evolution is happening here but then there's like this this top-down world where um where everything um comes from like this perfect place um and i have like scientific explanations for that but just reporting on my on my if i'm just telling being honest about what my experiences are, it's very much like, and and that's that's this kind of spooky thing is when you uh, when you've um, walked enough people through their first DMT experiences, yeah. um, a common uh, thing, not not common, but uh, not abnormal uh, thing that happens is um, that someone will smoke DMT for their fir- very first time, yeah, and right away. They go, oh, I've been here before. Yes, and it's like, no, you fucking <laughs>
1: haven't.
2: You know, unless you yeah. know it's some other fucking place that you know that we can't understand that that does not exist just in our head. But the other thing is, is that I do think that it could be the origins of our consciousness that we're retreating back to. Um, I think that ayahuasca tricks you into thinking that you're dying. Um, and I think that those experiences when you don't die, um, can give you fresh perspectives, but not only that, but I think your brain searches back in time looking for solutions from past experiences. And, um, so this is me sciencing a away yeah. like, yeah, here's a scientific explanation yeah. as to what could be happening. Yeah. This is and I'm on the fence. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, I do think that, um, The way in which like the cities look and the geometry looks seems like some very basic software. Like we we can make fractal like DMT almost ish. I mean, it's nowhere near the DMT experience, but you can make things using a computer. It's like, oh, I've seen shit like that on DMT and we're monkeys with these and we're new to computers like this is. Yeah, this is I mean, computers in another hundred years are yeah. going to be insane, yeah. uh, what they'll be able to do, and so, I often wonder about what the origins of our consciousness was like like when when uh, when you were in the fetal environment, mm-hmm. you certainly still had uh a functioning brain that was getting in some sensory mm-hmm. input. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really realize that you're a thing, like you're a life until like the age of six months, they, they think is like yeah. the ballpark, before, like you don't realize that you can have an effect on things. Yes. And then once you have an effect on yes. things, then you go, oh, I'm like, I guess I'm this thing that I don't understand. Yeah. And yeah. it takes a very long time to yeah. sort out. We're still trying to figure yeah. out what the fuck this life is. Yeah. But what, what was the early origins of that, um, just when you're in the fetal environment, um, cause I get a lot of, sometimes I'll get wow, wow, wow sounds or like home sound like this is a very universal sound that we use and attached to religion. And it seems very mothering and nurturing <laughs> and we're very comfortable even if we're kind of tone deaf and normally are terrified to sing yeah. publicly. I can still sing in this tone and this is a very welcoming kind of thing. And it's exactly what sounds sound like underwater. And when you're in a fetal environment, you're surrounded by fluids. And that's what every, that's what this, so, so if there's a way that your brain can search back in time far enough to go back to this orge, it would look like a completely alien world than the one that exists now. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, and it would seem very mothering and nurturing and, um, and, and by the way, like I, I hope that – I hope I'm not going to say something that, that – like my point isn't that like, oh, no, you're just misinterpreting oh, what, yeah, what, no, how, no, no. and like wreck all of the good that came out. Yeah, that, yeah. That's not at all what yeah. I'm going for. Yeah. And I think that most of my ideas mm. are just grasping wildly yeah. at straws. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting and I think that it will still – it it gives me thinking about things in this way gives me more questions yes. to ask um just in general about life to you know different scientists and stuff that i interview yeah. on my podcast and um so i think about how like fractals for example which are a common theme in yeah. this are um something that uh that Um, it's a, it's a way, if you don't know what fractals are for the listeners anyway, if you, like an easy example is you take a triangle and you measure the perimeter, say it's one foot, each side is a foot. So it's three feet in perimeter. And then you put in this program and you can, there's a million programs like this on computer. You can make your own fractals. You put in a program that says on every side, you put a triangle, a third of the size. Yeah. Uh, It's the same triangle, just a third of the size on each side. Now you measure the perimeter again, and now it just got a lot longer, but then it's this recursive reoccurring, so then now on the side of the smaller triangle, you put another one, a third of the size on that, and if if that, as long as that program keeps on going, what you have is an infinitely long perimeter that it's infinity yeah but you're able to capture infinity like you can draw a square around it and you're yeah. able to ca- capture it in a finite space if yeah. you if, if uh if this seems confusing to you and you want to be more confused <laughs> uh read a book called chaos um i, I think that's the name of it i might have like a, another uh sub-title yeah. or whatever but chaos
0: about chaos theory yeah Yeah.
2: and uh and this will or or if you're like oh i've heard this shit before and i'd like to know more Mm -hmm. um it's it's a really really good really challenging uh book um that's really kind of mind-blowing but but i think about that and i think about how there i mean i do believe that there are processes um of like simulation i kind of think our our brain does work like the movie inside out in a way which is a fun little children's representation i like to use that as a metaphor because it's just simple to understand but i mean scientists talk about um i had a guy that wrote a book called the rational animal talks about these seven different sub-selves that Mm. everyone has to have because we all have to have many roles in life you have to have a survivor sub self and a disease avoidance sub self and a, a mate acquisition sub self a mate retention sub self a child rearing sub self a social sub self and a um, and a uh, hierarchy sub self like understanding where you are in a given environment and this needs to it, and, and these all need to be activated in different ways like um, if you're if you're walking um, down the street and it's a dark alley you're your like night watchman, like fight or flight might be kicking in. But if you're on a date and your mate acquisition, so you might, you might want to go down to like a tucked away yeah. hidden and li- little restaurant yeah. or well yeah yeah or fucking yeah. yeah. behind a dumpster if you yeah, want to go that exactly, way. I was I was exactly. thinking like a nice cute little okay, dinner romantic go. dinner. I go
0: straight I just go the <laughs> dark alley you're with a date. Let's fuck. Um, um,
2: but but the the point is, is is we we all have to be I'm a different person with you right now than I am around uh, my parents then I am around children then I am around uh, when i 'm interviewing a scientist when i 'm hanging out with my best friends when yeah. i 'm hanging out with different levels of friends and these things have to be accessed really quickly and so they have to be these sub selves have to be stored somewhere in the mind and they 've taken they they 've started priming them doing various studies to prime out these sub selves to see how people behave like showing them scary movies and showing them like romantic comedies and see how they behave on a test where normally people would would say like 50-50 on the restaurant that they'd pick, um, like in a popular place yeah. or down a scary. Uh, you show them a scary movie first and they want to be in the popular place that's well-lit. You show them a romantic comedy first and they want to go to the cute little tucked away place. And um, and that's like one of a, a ton of examples of, of tests that they've done. And so... Um, and if you... I don't know if you've almost died before. I've done it a bunch of times and like had the life flash before you, your eyes. Um, cause I'm an adrenaline junkie and yeah. I used to just like, I didn't want to kill myself, but I wanted to die. Yeah. And so yeah. I like, I was all about like doing crazy, yeah. crazy shit. And uh, it, a lot of it's really fucking embarrassing. I'm not saying this like, I was a badass. Like, not yeah. in any way. I'm embarrassed yeah. by much of my behavior <laughs> now that I'm, like, a fucking slightly more reasonable yeah. human yeah. Um, than a young, aggressive man tra- filled with testosterone and incredibly insecure and trying to mask his insecurities yeah. with, like, macho horseshit. Yeah. And, and uh, so, so anyhow, what happens in that experience or when you, like, break both of your feet, when you have, like, something that's maybe not death uh, – like – not going to kill you but it is a very salient time like you have these simulations that run i mean anyone can close their eyes and you can imagine yourself uh like i can imagine myself stopping at a store to get groceries before going to my friend's house on the way home yeah but you can't see that as clearly as when the shit is hitting the fan and yeah. your brain needs to come up with one solutions which which has you going like uh thinking of different scenarios and how they'll work out yeah and then it and then it goes back in time to see like did i did i ever see like a macgyver that like can get me out of this yeah yeah. and then and then it goes back to these notable moments be like oh i might have something for this and then projects a simulation forward to see like where maybe this would end up or yeah. had you done things differently yeah. blah yeah. blah well anyway i i'm suspicious that people can go back so far yeah back farther than we can normally access mm-hmm. which is a lot of what psychedelics are all about yeah. is accessing regions of the brain that we normally do, just yeah. simply do not have access yeah. to and if you are going all the way back to the origins of your consciousness which i have also seen i have some shit about dmt that i simply can't explain like other people seeing like the exact same thing that i've seen and yeah and um and and definitely um that that more than anything, has me more into like this pattern idea and collective consciousness yeah. idea. But then I see things that I'm like, oh, this is an ex, like, I'm seeing, I'm like reliving the birth of my consciousness right now. It just looks like, in that perception, it's such an alien world. It'd be like if the Inside Out Girl went down, it, like, I have a, I mean, the way I like to explain it is I want to see a sequel to that movie called Outside In, where that mm. little girl, as an adult, smokes DMT. Yeah. and sees all of this like yeah. like she'd be like no that's not this is a totally different world it would seem like it was outside of her head yes. and she was experiencing like the people in there look yeah. differently yeah. the buildings look so different yeah. and foreign and yeah. weird and she'd come back describing it exactly the way that i describe a dmt experience yeah. and the analogy that i That I like to use. And this is me being at my most skeptical self because I, I like, and the reason why I do this is because I like to present a balanced view. Even if I don't necessarily, even if I buy into like the spiritual side of things more than I let on. Yeah if someone is presenting one side of it, I try to like say the, whereas if someone's extra scientific with it, I'm like, well, I don't know. I have some shit that you can't explain, you know? So it just depends on who I'm talking to. I I do tend to lead toward a skeptical scientific. I'm a little bit of an asshole in that regard and, and close minded in that regard. But, um, but I, I think that, um, this consciousness stuff is something that we don't, totally ha I mean it's it's like the big question in science is what is consciousness is this all just us like we're living something like a split second after it's already happened and we feel like we have control over over these things but this is just simple if then kind of criteria a thing in the environment triggers a thing and you act a certain way and then after the fact you feel like you made up like uh, for example you put your hand on a burner yeah and you what happens is um, the the neurons go to your spine, mm. and your spine goes, whoa! This is important. We don't even need to check in with the brain. Let's just move that fucking hand, and then it project just to save that point zero 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 one of a second that would take yeah. to get to the brain, yeah. and then the brain to do something about it. Yeah. Um, because because that split second means a whole lot when your hand yes. is burning. Yes. And and um. And, but then – but what you think consciously, it, if, if if you didn't know this stuff, yeah. if you didn't like study it or read about it, you, you would think that, oh, what happened was I felt myself get burned and I moved. I made the choice to move my hand. You didn't make a choice in anything. Um, and so so it's, it's a little tricky to figure out how – now that's a very simplified – a reductionist kind of that the, the flaw with that is it does seem like this consciousness has this emergent effect and it does seem like we probably are steering the ship a little bit is my personal take on it but the point is is that if you didn't know how a the analogy that i use is that if you didn't know how a computer worked and you just went your whole life with mm-hmm. using this interface which um is kind of my take on what consciousness is is this nice little easy to understand intuitive interface that like oh i click here i open this door i kind of just know what to do it's been built to make it kind of intuitive for me at this level of perception that i am at and if you were just completely oblivious to the fact that computers ran on programs and there's such thing as computer programs or binary code and you saw this for the first time you'd be like
1: what What the fuck yeah. is
2: this it would seem like a completely different foreign foreign world and then you'd be like is that real or is this real it's like they can't both be real but but they might both be part of the same thing yeah and that's not even to say that it's necessarily in our head um i i'm saying that like this could also mm-hmm. be like a simulation that we're part yeah, of there I'm could not... be a million ways of looking at this
0: i'll tell you what um like a few things Mhm. A, have you seen the movie Arrival?
2: No, I haven't yet, but people keep on telling you me that need, I should.
0: I'm telling you something. Last week, a friend of mine told me I needed to see Arrival.
2: What's it about? Just, uh, that's a spoiler. Just watch it. Just watch, just watch it. Watch it. Okay. I'll give
0: you. Okay. I'll give you.
2: You have a copy? I'll take a um, copy from you. I don't want to ta- take your copy of a ride. I'll,
0: I'll lend it to you. <laughs> yeah, no, um, well, yeah, I'll
2: I'll just rent it for a few dollars rent, um, and save myself the gas money of returning it and the guilt of losing it. Um, um, but I'll check it out, maybe tonight.
0: But, I mean, it... That movie affected me in a way that no movie has affected me in a really, really long time. Partially because... um. It to a certain degree it speaks to every single thing that you and I are talking about, um, you know, because it goes to it goes to the question a, you know, besides what is consciousness, but intuition, mm-hmm. you know, that i idea of <clears throat> like I think of somebody that I haven't talked to in a really long time, and all of a sudden they call. Or I'm walking down the street to a meeting, but something within me says, go left. And I don't understand why, but I choose to go left. And I end up running into somebody that um, I haven't seen in a while or somebody that I've admired for a really long time and I've always wanted to meet Um, or... I end up finding a hundred bucks on the street, you know, like whatever the fuck it is, you know? So that idea of, <clears throat> you know, the, the subconscious, conscious, superconscious, you know, the, like talk about triangle, like three levels, like of creation, like past, present, future. And it, it also makes me think of in terms of computer programming, I've, I've always kind of thought of life as like a CD-ROM You know, where, where it's, um, the ending is always going to be the same, you know, like the ending is always going to be the same. And, and so with that, then once you actually recognize what you're in, like Neo from the Matrix, once you recognize that you are in the Matrix, that's when shit can get really fucking awesome. And I don't even mean in regards to just when you're on an entheogen. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Just in terms of like quote unquote living. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, you know, like, and again, this is just based on my own experience. Um, I've had, I've had too much happen in my life. Um, to to be able to have it solely be like oh th- there's there's a scientific explanation for this because trust me like i'm a i'm a fucking new yorker i'm like as skeptical as they fucking come mm-hmm. you know um but with that too it's
2: Oh, you still, if you're a true skeptic, you have to be skeptical of your skepticism yes. is, is something that is like a next level of skepticism mm, that wow. you kind of have to learn after a yeah. while. It's like, okay, if I'm, if I'm saying question everything, yeah, then am I really questioning everything? Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes that means that like, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I am being too close minded to Some of these ideas. It's something that I think a lot about.
0: Yeah. And man, like, I'll tell you what, like the ayahuasca like was really, was really helpful. But like the MDMA.
1: Well,
2: MDMA is a fucking destroyer of PTSD. It's great for it. It's It's amazing results.
0: It's, it, it revolutionarily like, like changed my life and saved my life. Mm-hmm. Like holy fuck. Yeah. Um and again that like idea of I'd never taken MDMA before and to be clear like for like the for the listeners, you know, I didn't take it recreationally. Like no no hallucinogen or entheogen like it has always been taken with um an extreme amount of reverence and respect. Um, and never to escape and always to, um, grow spiritually and emotionally. And, um, it is
2: funny that we don't have to, we don't feel the need to do these disclaimers with the beer that we're drinking. (laughs) Like, like I get that it's a powerful drug and everything, but I even like being a, as someone who's like for safe, responsible use, like I find myself doing these disclaimers all the time. Yeah. Yeah you know what maybe i'm just making this shit seem scarier than it actually yeah, is. no like, for sure but and i don't think you need to have ptsd to no, like, no, I, or no. anything to like like that that's something that i i when i started i was like and sorry to fucking interrupt no dude but um but when i started i was like okay this is how you sell it you know it, you want to get the people that need it the most first yeah this is how you sell people on yeah. this idea that this yeah. is a legitimate thing yeah and after a while I got so obsessed with like oh it can it can help with depression and PTSD which is incredible yeah but then after a while I was like you know what it can also help people that don't have like a fucking like a mental health issue yeah for
0: sure it can help
2: it, it and sometimes, you know, it's just fucking fun. Yeah. And it can be really safe fun too. Yes. I yes. mean what I've done with alcohol. I I've had a hundred experiences more dangerous on alcohol than anything. I've had like two dangerous experiences with psychedelics. That's out of like hundreds. Yeah. And I mean, alcohol can get me any fucking given night. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. No, I I completely I completely get um what you're saying and i guess for me you know and and this goes back to and i'm grateful that you said that and i'm grateful that you brought that up because just that, for
2: the listeners before no. like i just think it's like ah people get too fucking nervous about this story.
0: yeah no and i guess like, for me i look at it this way right um cuz i i have like an equal amount of respect for for booze in regards to you know, I'm not like, wah, 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 wah. like I, I just have like a quote, I, I just have a respect period for anything that I put into my body that is going to alter my mind and or mood mm-hmm. and particularly in regards to psychedelics. And again, like I haven't, I haven't had nearly the depth of experience that you have had, you know, um, I mean, I remember being, I remember like being a kid, and I used to have this reoccurring nightmare um, about getting chased through the subways of New York City by Nazis. And I would exit the last um, subway car, and I would find myself running along this gravel out of a tunnel into an empty, um, into like, an empty station that was in Germany and I would hear a gun go off and I would get shot through the, um, through the back of my right shoulder and it would come out front and then I would hear them release dogs and I would wake up Mm -hmm. and I had that dream again and again and again and again and again. And when I, you know, was old enough then to know what psychedelics were and, and, you know, reading all of these books and whatnot, they terrified me so much because I knew for me, I was aware enough within myself to know that in all likelihood, I would probably, um, end up losing my mind in this regard that I would either think I saw Nazis or whatever, just based off the fact that even smoking weed at the time, like I couldn't, I couldn't fucking do it. It just was like too fucking much. And so now cut to 34 years old, I've done like a lot of work on myself, like My mind is in a completely different place Mm -hmm. because I'm not in fear anymore. You know, um, I'm not, I'm not in, in fear of living in the way that like I was, I don't fear my mind because I got to see that there is nothing to fear. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: that's the thing. People are so scared of their own mind, And that's,
0: and that's. And, and it's that- like
2: such a disrespect for how powerful your mind actually is. Yeah. And it will take care of you when it needs to.
0: And, and with that too, though, there's the, um, so like when I say like, you know, that like I have a respect, mm-hmm. you know, um, I remember reading the book, I think was it, um, oh, fuck. Was it Daniel Pinchback's book, Breaking Up in the Head? He had written, like, he had had this story about this dude that, like, took fucking mushrooms and, like, was just like, yeah, man, like, whatever. It was really kind of dickish about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, just as, like, we are as human beings and thinking, like, we have no respect for the earth. We have no respect for animals. We have no respect for nature. We have no respect for each other. We have no respect for self. Most of us. Right? So like when this dude was like, yeah, man, I'm gonna like take some mushrooms and like whatever the fuck and like that like sense of entitlement like Yeah. And then he had this experience where like the spirit of the fucking mushroom came to him and the mushroom was like, what are you doing here? And he was like, uh, uh, there was no intention behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the mushroom was like, if you ever do this again, we will kill you. And like, you know, so I feel I've like... I've had some
2: talking twos like that on yeah, psychedelics and, for sure. And
0: so with that though, did you learn your lesson? Yeah, but do you know what I mean? <clears throat> In the sense, right, of
2: right. I mean, I mean, what, what? All that I'm saying is, let, let's change. Uh, let's let's use a different example. Okay. Say, say heroin which I am in no way advocating for anyone to use heroin. I wish that heroin just didn't exist mm-hmm. and no one ever used it. Okay. Um, heroin is bad. No one should do it. And I'm not saying any, every psychedelics are for everybody. Yeah. But all that I'm saying is that we are, our negativity bias mm-hmm. and our um, we're so bad at statistical reasoning yeah. that we use these stories that we hear yeah. of uh, we're storytelling animals well, yeah. and we we um we take anecdotes over statistical reasoning all of the time and even something as dangerous as heroin is not like people aren't taking heroin and then getting addicted for like the rates of heroin addiction are so incredibly low, yeah. actually, in, in yeah. the run of things. Yeah. Like for someone yeah. that's done her- for yeah. them to get addicted, like it takes a while. Yeah. And, and, and that's not like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying. The last thing I'd want is for someone to be like, well, Shane Moss said I can try heroin. Like, I'm just saying that our fucking negativity bias yes. that has protected yes. us through much yes. of our evolutionary yes. life is queued up For X number of threats that we now imagine and project, because we live, we aren't being chased by lions and stuff, but it's built for interpreting these threats and and that do exist. And it's like a psychological allergy, just just like your immune system set up for X number of threats, but now we have lysol, and so it's like, well, there has to be threats out there, and then dander comes, and then it's the immune system itself that is causing you problems, not the dander. do it's you, a false alarm. And I think she, we have psychological false alarms. And I think it's limiting people's ability to experience new insights. I'm not saying psychedelics are a fun party drug that everyone should go and do dance. Like, I use them yeah. as a meditative therapeutic Yeah, aid. same.
0: Same. Same. And I think that, like, you know, tag along. Here she is. She's making hey, her daily appearance. Yeah. Um, Guest
2: star. Guest host.
0: But, like, with that, too... You know, um, I, I I feel as though, you know, um, a like when you when you talk about the 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 leftover fears that we have in regards to our mind and and false threats, you know. And again, I like I'm not anybody's fucking mother everybody honestly you can do whatever the fuck you want like you're responsible for your own goddamn life
2: especially if you're in your 30s or later i i I think that i think that uh you know you just make better decisions after the age of say 25
0: yeah and and two because you said that you were three years out of sobriety
2: um uh, oh i yeah i i was i was sober for three years yeah and I'm probably like two years out of that or something.
0: yeah, so I was sober for eleven, and yeah. I'm less than a year out of that. um and i and I bring that up because like that that question that I have for you is a, what was your path to making that choice? Um, and did you just decide one day that like you were gonna stop drinking? whatever it was for you and then decided to start again or were you in program like what was your experience in that regard
2: it was causing me so much grief and like silly embarrassment and i wasn't living up to my potential and i was having just like you know it was it was getting in the way of of my uh relationships um and uh, And it was just costing me so much you're drinking yeah yeah okay
0: yeah. Okay.
2: Um. And uh. And so yeah. So I, I. Uh, here we go. Um, we got to play catch. Um. Uh. Yeah. But my path to psychedelics, is uh, is just I was a rebellious, reckless, um, adrenaline junkie, who was up for trying anything, and mushrooms happened to come into my life, and uh, and then. Um they changed my life immediately. Yeah. I mean, just I was I was I was using them as like a, a party drug um the first time. Yeah, like thinking like yeah, you know, yeah, every yeah, other yeah, drug yeah, is yeah, to like yeah. party and have fun. And gotcha. then like uh it was a lot of fun, but I also learned things about myself. Yeah. And although I still used them early on in like party ish context I would often use them more as like a way of f- facilitating um, philosophical discussions with my yeah. friends. And uh, and then, um, you know, it, it became just a more serious thing for me. I, I mean, I wish that um, – I'm an advocate for doing things, especially something like MDMA, which is uh, – there's a million things to know. Um, one, you – you have to have a really trustworthy drug dealer, which is, uh, that's the thing that is hard to, it basically doesn't exist. Yeah. A, tr- a trustworthy and drug dealer yeah. don't go hand in hand. Yeah. I know a lot of drug dealers. and uh, Or you can go on the dark web, get the shit mailed to your house in a pretty safe way and it has like reviews and stuff so you know that you're getting pure stuff, you can get drug testing kits and, um, and know how much to get. I mean... So, so there are legitimate dangers of, of having, um, you know, a pill of ecstasy, uh, of, you know, someone gives you at a club might be twice as much as, um, it might be like 250 milligrams, um, which a lot of them are. So you'd want to like start with half because you want around 80 to 125. Now, um, you need to drink one to two bottles of water Mm -hmm. an hour, not Mm -hmm. too much, not less than that. You can dehydrate, but you can also overhydrate. Yeah. Um, if you have... So you're going to have problems. Um, you're going to have problems um, with thermal regulation. hmm And so staying out of hot tubs and yes. things like that. Yes. Um, which are amazing, but feel good. I mean, heat stroke is the number... Probably the number one concern.
1: Yeah.
2: With uh, MDMA. And then um, knowing that if, um, if you have a condition that makes you makes it hard for you to regulate your temperature already like uh some i think like spinal meningitis or some other spinal um thing uh, condition yeah um has some it's like a cumulative thing so there's definitely things to know and i definitely am all for people doing them safe yes Um, absolutely and 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 especially just like even if you go to like like, look, my girlfriend likes to do MDMA and go out dancing. And for her, it's just the best time of her life. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I like to sit and like think about things or yeah. bond with friends. Yeah. Yeah. And, but for her, dancing is like a spiritual experience or whatever when she's yeah. on it. And so, so, but I do feel like, you know, going to like a party setting, you're really limiting your ability to learn yeah, from it and absolutely. grow. Absolutely. But, um, but MDMA is also barely a psychedelic and it has a lot of speed in it, which is a lot of the, a lot of the issues where a lot of the issues are coming from. And, uh, but if someone was like, look, I just really want to try a psychedelic and I know that I have good mushrooms from a trusted person and I was just going to do a half eighth of them with a trip sitter who's going to be responsible and walk me through it. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? I mean, if that's something that you made up that you wanted to do, it sounds like you're doing it like in a reasonable yeah, way. For sure. Just like it's not a drinking contest. You yes. don't need to try to take like a half yeah. ounce of fucking mushrooms yeah. that's when shit goes wrong. And um and and so I mean I I'm just it's just with doing this tour. I started out um being so safe about what I said. And after a while I was like, why fucking perpetuate this scary I mean, I think it's great to have information for people and yes. know how to take things correctly. Yes. And I think it's really dumb to be like, oh, everyone should do this. Or, oh, you don't do this? This is because you're a pussy. You're like some like juvenile peer pressure horse yeah. shit. Yeah. And and by the way, like mushrooms have all but cured my depression for yeah. another person that doesn't have chronic depression like I had. It might give them depression. Yeah. Like uh, mushrooms, I w- I thought the I found the world so confusing already. Yeah. That like no trip could be any more confusing than I already saw the world. Yeah. Other than DMT, I suppose. <laughs> um. But uh. But there was like a clarity or like a thank goodness there is a different way a different perception, and and it mushrooms gave me um clarity and understanding and a direction. Um, in, in, in a directionless ish life that I was living for other people that kind of are just going along and like doing their thing and and like, they're just totally content with their lives and, you know, they're on track and they have their routines and things are fulfilling for them and they might do mushrooms and, and it might shake up what they thought like was, was, uh, real or whatever and, and might cause, might have that exact opposite effect and create yeah. so much confusion. Yeah. I, what I would love to see is this done in clinical settings. I just went and did my first um, ketamine treatment in a clinical setting. Amazing. It was wonderful. And, and that's, that's even, even with something like mushrooms, which is like, especially in small doses, um, is it can be pretty mild and pretty functional. And, and that's depending on the individual too. But, um, I, I would love that, I, I would love for it to go back to where it came from. I mean, it used to be, this was like rite of passage stuff. And, you know, if it's a changing world, the idea of like giving things to 13-year-olds, like we don't fuck 13-year-olds anymore as well. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, they yeah, use yeah, like yeah. puberty, now time to crank out babies. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, so we have changing standards. Yeah. So. So maybe 18, maybe 25, whatever. Yeah. But I would love for it to be done in a professional setting. Yes. Uh, like I don't even like the idea of shamans and ceremonies very much. I But I I like the idea of having a trip sitter around. Yeah. I like the idea of a shaman, if I can do like a one-on-one. Yeah. I don't like the group um, setting for me personally. Yeah. But I'm, I was able to find that in a safe setting. It's not like anything that went wrong. It just yeah. didn't go as good as I'd hoped. And yeah. who cares? Yeah. Like that's at least something didn't go horribly bad. Yeah. Which, and again, I just want to make the point that shit just doesn't go horribly bad. Like yeah. you would see psychedelics in the news every mm-hmm. fucking day because, because they're such an anomaly. I mean, if there's a shark attack in Australia, you hear about it because... The news loves latching onto these rare anomalies yeah. that scare people. Yes. It really gets people's attention, and then no one wants to swim in the fucking water half a uh, half the world away yeah. And, yeah. and limits yeah. themselves from having a great time on the beach with their kids. And uh, so that's what I'm afraid of. Um, uh, you know, scare, uh, and, and but the point is, is that you would see this stuff in the news if people were actually taking psychedelics and like that was causing people to just jump out of windows left and right like you would be seeing if there was one story about that from anywhere it would be like all over the news yeah. like in anything that they can do to justify like whatever the silly war on drugs they're trying yeah. to pull off and yeah. and so so i don't think things do go terribly <laughs> wrong i mean i worry about something like dmt because it can be such a jarring confusing experience that someone can be kind of scared or confused by it or wondering like what the fuck which is what i have to ask myself every day since the first time that i've done dmt is like what the fuck is this real now that's not scary to me i like thinking what the fuck for other people they're not going to handle it as well but i would love for it to be in a clinical setting and then after you've had enough guidance like anything else in life then you can go out and find like exactly what works for you like once you know your dose and everything else because they are powerful drugs it's not it's not like having having a a tiny little puff off of a joint or something it is especially mind altering tripping is different than being high yes and um and so so yeah but i mean and and it's unfortunate that the world is set up in this way that that most if you if you are interested if you've especially if you're someone that needs help from ptsd or whatever yeah. if, if you have heard that this is a like you've tried everything under the sun and the one thing that seems like it has better results than anything yeah. is something that is illegal yeah. that you got to worry about mm-hmm. doing it wrong and not mm-hmm. knowing what you're doing and yeah. not having someone there when you're kind of experiencing now tripping for me is like fucking nothing it's like it's i'm just so used to it but in the beginning it is a wild ride mr
0: toad's wild ride yeah yeah Yeah. it
2: absolutely is and i think that there should be good guidance for that and and unfortunately the way the laws are set up right now that's just not uh accessible to but there's
0: great but there's great organizations like maps yeah is which sponsor really... my
2: tour, and I'm doing the psychedelic science conference. Uh, com- well, it's probably gonna be over by the time this comes out. Um, but anyway, uh, but yeah, they're doing amazing work, and hopefully, they'll get the FDA to approve the phase MDMA. Three? Yeah, yeah, they're in phase three. Yeah. they should they should get approval for um, MDMA use in a clinical setting within yeah. like a few years. Yeah. I think I think 2021 is their um, is their goal. Okay and i wouldn't be surprised if they got it sooner than that and there's yeah. amazing research being done with psychedelics and dep- or, or with psilocybin yeah um and depression and, yeah. and and cluster headaches and uh ketamine for depression and um and this is all great but it's also going to be like okay now this is legal and you can do this and your life is so fucked that you know you're also like broke and you have health insurance but this isn't like psychiatry in general just often isn't covered by yeah by a a lot of like really bottom of the barrel kind of health insurance things and and then and then the idea of of uh of how to how to pay for this like my ketamine treatment was like a thousand dollars or something like that and they would have they would have i i was also they would have scaled it down for me had I like shown them my income and like explained whatever. But I I was just like, I don't care. I'm shooting it for, I'm shooting a documentary about psychedelics. Yeah. And so we were there shooting. So I was like, well, whatever this is, uh, it's all toward the production costs. Um, but that's a lot of money. uh, But
0: with that, but with that too, you know, like, yes, that is a lot of money. That is a thousand dollars for a single ketamine treatment. But here's the difference, Right. So I have now had two MDMA experiences, um, and I probably am going to have one to two more because while, like, I would say I'm, like, in the 85%, you know, um, like a fuck ton has changed, you know, and I... I'm in my body in a way that like I've never been before and like present in a way that I've never been before. And, you know, I'm like for the first time in my whole entire existence, not suicidal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm waking up, um, you know, and happy. I feel is like a relative term, but I'm like waking up with love and gratitude in a way that like I never have before. um, but I still have, you know, some, like, sex trauma issues. Mm-hmm. Like, I still have some shit, you know, um, because, like, my experience was, you know, from when I was very, very young, and it was very, very fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and that only, like, recently came to light, you know, when I had my first experience with the MDMA. Um, and I sat with... You know, a therapist. You know, um, and it and the, and in regards to like pricing and whatnot, right? Like, it'll probably all in all, like I will end up being out of pocket probably maybe three thousand dollars. Yeah. And with that though, mm-hmm. I went to fucking therapy, like talk therapy. And for some people, talk therapy is great. And talk therapy led me to like, bah 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 ba Everything I get to see everything as a stepping stone. However, like spending like ten to fifteen thousand dollars a year on therapy versus like three to five thousand dollars for like two or three tr- treatments of something. Do you know what I mean? Like
2: I'm not saying it's overpriced. Yeah. I'm saying it's bullshit yeah. that insurance isn't covering things. Well, that we course. have this difference between like physical pain and psychological pain. Yeah, like I they're mean, two it's, different things. i
0: such... It's such uh, yeah, it, <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm just saying like it's just not set up. The world is not set up for good, proper psychedelic use. And a lot of people are, even if even if the $3,000 you spent would change their life. Even if they believe that, like a lot of people are going to be like, well, I don't have it right now. Whereas if you just had insurance and like, and your insurance covered that, yes, like, Oh, I can try this treatment right now. And sure. If there's a copay or whatever, or there's a deductible. Sure. Great. But, but if you, I mean, it's one thing, um, a guy like, like I have chronic depression, but I mean, uh, And so, you know, I qualify for a ketamine treatment. Um, There's other things that I might just have to go to, like, other countries to get professional treatments for because I don't have those conditions. And I just want to document them for that. And so definitely there's people that are just going to, you know, I'm not saying there's not going to be people that don't abuse every system. But when people legitimately need help, when there's veterans and people, uh, uh, victims of sexual abuse and everything like like this is. This, I mean, this isn't just, if this, if you think this doesn't affect you, it affects everyone. Like it, it it affects poverty. It affects crime. Yes. Um, it affects addiction rates. Yes. All of these things that, that like, if you're like, well, I don't want to pay for someone else that can't get their head together or whatever. Well, you're probably like, well, if if that person ends up in jail, you're paying what what is it to keep someone in jail for a year fifty seventy thousand 70 thousand dollars or something like that yeah compared to three yes. thousand dollars absolutely of, and i mean this is what insurance is supposed to be about the idea that 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 mental i mean i just i get really frustrated with how little um mental health is respected and it's also part of a like my my parents generation and especially before that of like pull up your bootstraps yeah. oh are you sad yeah yeah uh, like everyone gets a little sad from it. it's like no no you yeah. don't understand yeah i have I'm, a condition i get it like i, I can't I, get it. I don't i don't sit like if someone has, is chronically anxious uh, i don't sit and be like oh i know how you feel because i don't have chronic anxiety and, and i'm not like buck up like i don't i don't know what that's like and and we have uh and it's not just like People that haven't. This is like lawmakers that that aren't that don't know enough. um, To this is all like well-studied stuff. Uh, If if they were if if lawmakers were getting any kind of expertise or uh, consulting anything from other than like big pharma or you know whatever. Well, of
0: course. I mean, dude, if you look at the fucking photo recently of like all of the straight white male fucking lawmakers and Trump there to sign a bill about women's health. Yeah. There was not a single vagina in the room.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? So when it comes like, so yes, like of course, like big pharma, like of course it's, and that, and that to me is that why are you going to give people access to a key that will potentially truly lead them to their freedom you know what i mean why are you going to give people an opportunity to actually get to be in their own power um and and not have to rely on um prescription drugs for the next 30 40 50 years and here's the thing because like for fuck's sakes, if you are on prescription drugs, like Xanax, whatever, like, and that works for you, that's amazing. I'm not bashing prescription drug use if that is, like, what is prescribed and that works for you. Like, to be clear. You know, like, whatever the fuck. Um,
2: I'm saying I'd worry about them a little bit. <laughs> I'd worry more about some of that stuff than, than psychedelics. No, I think, and, and, and... I think they're over-prescribed, but. Yeah, I, and. But yeah, there's certain things like, I mean, yeah, yeah, because
0: I don't, I, I, I don't have bipolar disorder. I don't have. Oh yeah. If you're like bipolar. Like, but I don't have and in terms of like the depression, like, and I've talked about it on here before, you know, like the only moments that I actually recognized that I was depressed was like when I was suicidal because otherwise I was just really fucking tired Mm. like all the fucking time and so i didn't i didn't even associate it's like when you're so used to something for so long that you almost don't have a memory of what it is to be happy um like and not that it's a foreign concept but you're just like yeah like whatevs but like this is just life and like Oh, yeah. Whatever the fuck. And, like, I think about throwing myself out the window, like, at least once a day. But, like, whatever. Until, like, it gets to the point of, for me at least, where I was like, oh, fuck. I'm I'm actually, like, scared to drive. I'm actually, like, I'm, I went through a period, like, living in New York where I was, like, scared to take the subway. Because I was scared I was going to throw myself in front of a train. To the point that I actually had to hold on to... Fuck, I haven't like thought about this in like a few years. Like I I would I would hold on to the railing of the stairs as the train came to keep me from jumping. Right. Like fuck. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and that's when I'd be like, Oh well I'm clearly depressed, you know. Um
2: I just thought I was seeing the world as it actually was and no yeah. one else was yeah uh, because that's again the kind con- of uh, the trick that your consciousness st- like whatever chemical imbalance is just like it seems like well this is the only way to see it is how I'm seeing it at face value mm-hmm. and the world is miserable and hopeless and full of a bunch of idiots And and that's all that you see you yeah. don't see any of the positive aspects yeah. or yeah. any of that and like a- anyone that doesn't see it this way is wrong yes. I mean and then it took me so long to even come to terms with because the idea of like a psychiatrist or something like that in yeah. like a small Midwest town was like where you're like meant to be a man and you yeah. don't talk about your feelings yeah. is, is like it seems so silly to me. Yeah. So it was even coming to terms that I was like, oh yeah, I have.
0: I got depression.
2: This. I've had it since I was like ten years old, but <sighs> it just seemed like. To me, I was just like, well, I'm just smarter than everybody. I just see how miserable the world is and these other idiots don't. Yeah. And, uh, but it was, it was other factor. Like, like the, I mean, the world, it's, it's, the world is like the yin and the yang as much as I'm not like in the spiritual, like that they can only be as good as it is bad. It like everything is as meaningful as it is meaningless. Yeah. And anytime you see yourself at any end of the spectrum, yeah. I'm like, eh, probably not. You're probably just having a good or a bad streak yeah. right now. Yeah. But this is going to balance itself out
0: for sure. And yeah. I, you know, I agree with you to a point and in in this way, you know, like somebody had said to me once, you're not only the wave, but you're the beach. Yeah. You know, um, like you're both. And, and I was just like talking with um, my love about this last night when I did the, when I had the MDMA experience. And this was just for me, you know, like... And I I don't know, like, how much you've read up on just, like, the different, um, you know, cultures in terms of, like, psychedelic drug use in terms of...
2: I don't read about psychedelics at all, which no. is something that would surprise a lot of people. It's something that I already know a fair amount from yeah. experience and yeah. talking with people. And like, I have so many other interests on in my yeah. podcast that I have yeah. like the other. And then I think that some of my, people's ideas of them are skewed. Yeah. And so I like coming up with my own ideas based on like my understandings of psychology or yeah. neuroscience and, yeah. and like creating my own way of looking at it. But I think after this tour, I definitely want to get in There and like really because there's definitely merit to studying. I just wanted to, I want to record my take as is right now and and have like a snapshot of my take on things and then learn more about it. Um, Because right now I feel like I have an everyman kind of accessible take on that, and I would like to reach more people outside of the psychedelic community. Which once you fucking know a lot about psychedelics it's just like some of those people they come up to me after shows and it's just like well that's just it's one it seems like it's getting obsessive for you uh i mean it's great if it's your little hobby or whatever but if you like need to know every fucking little thing and then and then uh uh two it just it just seems like uh so biased like if all you read about is is evolutionary psychology which i went through a phase yeah um, sociology will seem silly to you. If mm-hmm. all you read is sociology, evolutionary psychology will seem silly and, yeah. and like bigoted or yeah. whatever yeah. Or, or deterministic or something yeah. to you. Yeah. You know. And uh and so what I try to do with my podcast is talk with all those people in all yes. those fields and not yes. get too deep into every which I think a lot of people are surprised to hear that because I'm touring with this big show about psychedelics, but I've done lots of solo shows about lots of topics and yeah. I plan to do lots more Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't consider myself um, an expert I consider myself fairly experienced yeah. and then I, have, I think that I have some pretty um, interesting takes I mean people seem to respond well to my takes on things but I don't consider myself Deeply knowledgeable about psychedelics yeah. to, it, me, to answer your question. But anyway, yeah. when you talk about uh, culturally, I just, that's a disclaimer to people just so they're not like, well, shame on Like, yeah, I don't, no, no, I don't no, fucking I know. know. Do your own research. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> No, but like for, and again, like in terms of like scientific and blah, 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 blah. And then just like the knowing and like wanting to have the experience. And then it goes to like, what is experience? What is this? What is that? And the truth is, I will tell you what. As somebody that spent such a fucking long time trying to figure out how the universe fucking worked, you know, like, what the fuck was it? What the fuck is this God? What the... Like, what is this thing to, like... Because I would have experiences that just didn't make sense. right? You know what I mean? Like, I would have a precognitive dream about a friend who's going to the doctor and, like getting injections um and not like a close friend more like an acquaintance and i'd see them the next day i'd be like oh my god you were in my dream and like in this dream it was so weird you were like going to the doctor and getting injections and then literally cut to two days later they were like heather i didn't want to tell you but i actually was going to the doctor and um he actually gave me a prescription for injections you know like shit like that i wanted to know like what the fuck is that? And yeah. like, where does that come from? Where do you, like, where do you, uh, premonition dreams come from? Where do you, um, those intuitive thoughts come from? And I mean intuitive thoughts in the way of go left as opposed to right, and listening to that still small voice. What is that still small voice? Which is why I want you to watch Arrival in regards yeah. to. I will. This is what I think it is um, now. So,
2: go. so I, I would have just, just, uh, again, sake of argument here, yeah. um, I, because I had an experience that struck me as interesting where I, um, went downstairs, I was checking out of a hotel and for whatever reason, because normally my practice is just go out of the, uh, you know, get in your car, drive go to a rest- I don't like eating in hotel restaurants or anything like I just I want to check out and like get on the road and this is what I would have done like 99% of the time and I was like I'll stop in this Starbucks here and get a, I guess maybe I'll maybe I'll even open up my backpack and like do a little writing before I leave which is especially unusual to like me wanting to like hang out in a hotel lobby is like unheard of And then I opened up my backpack and my computer was missing and it was up in my room. And, but to me, the way that I think about it is that my non conscious saw that, knew it. I didn't consciously see it, but something in me. And, and it was like doing things to keep me there. And that, and that is uh, intuition that like, and at the time I was like, ooh, that's kind of spooky. But it's something that is pretty easily easy to explain now i've had um premonitions some which i can explain in scientific ways and others that i cannot like i haven't been able to do dmt in like six months because the last one i had a premonition come true it was like odd and confusing and i just like i can't get up the courage to get back in i don't really even have the interest um, to get back in there. Um, at the moment, um, I will soon enough, sooner or later. But, but yeah, I, I have plenty of things that I can't explain. But, but I'm just making the point that that like, if we want to know what can't be explained, let's at first like make aware of the things that we do have explanation for. Like, like some stuff which is you think of a friend and then they call and you hadn't talked about this person forever. Um, and and uh, or and, and you, th- you thought of this per- you hadn't talked to them in a year. you thought of them, and then they call out of nowhere. That's bizarre. I was just thinking of you. I mean, the really easy base level explanation is that your brain thinks about that person unconsciously way more than you realize. It's just you don't note it. You don't you don't think about a person um, like I'm thinking about my older roommate Dave right now. Like if he calls, that'd be crazy. But if he doesn't call, I was like, "Well, yeah, you think about people sometimes, and they didn't. Call. It's not noteworthy." And those things happen far more often. And you just and but the other thing that I think, um, based on some DMT trips that I had, and then some lucid dreams that I had afterwards, mm. um, where I saw like a dead friend. Um, and uh, but I started thinking about how memories are stored and if you need to keep a memory of something you need to um much in the same way if you're going to store a car you need to start up the engine once in a while and run through the fluids and make sure the engine's still working so you your brain to make sure that you have a clear memory of um say dave weight um which is the first person that popped in my head when uh Uh, was like you need to access that memory once in a while to be able to retain that memory of that person and what if there's some sort of mechanism within the brain that triggers that at a sent point like so if it's if it's your lover or whatever or your spouse or whatever uh you you think about this person fairly regularly if it's a friend that's like a little more of an acquaintance you don't think about them that often Um, but the relationship is kind of the same on their end maybe it is that like kind of around the same time this mechanism this memory storage and retention mechanism lights up around the same say i think about this person every six months Mm -hmm. well maybe they think about me about every six months as well because Mm -hmm. that's based on so this idea of of uh, retaining these memories is based on how important the memories are. So a person like that wouldn't be terribly mm. important to me. It's yeah. Still oh, okay. It might might be useful to retain their name and because I'll probably bump into them again. And um, and so so maybe there's another factor like that 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 uh, I've never heard. This is not like a scientist uh, yeah. idea. Yeah. This is my own yeah. thought about how yeah. how the brain might be working.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. And so maybe it's more than just that you aren't thinking of all the times that you thought of someone and they didn't call. Maybe it's that we have these um, these uh, different mechanisms in our brains that seem like they're synced up, and it seems like really spooky. But it's just that our brains process things in similar ways, and when we have similar information going in, if like I, if I meet someone, if I meet a headliner. At a party, and we talk for ten minutes, and we're like at the same level. So, uh, so you know, we're we're not like intimidated by each other, yeah. or or like starstruck by the other. Yeah. Or, you know, there's yeah. none of those factors. Yeah. If we're like at the same level, yeah. we see each other, and maybe we like have a fun conversation. That's it. like maybe. I, maybe now I think about this person every four months or something okay. maybe it's the same way for them, yeah, and maybe that's this synchronicity that we're that we're applying yeah, we're giving a little bit it, too with much Yeah, but that credit goes, for.
0: but that goes into something else, right where um because people can have people can have a conversation and have two completely different experiences, right, right. Um, even though on the surface you wouldn't know it, right?
2: Right. Um, well, so inherently do have two different experiences. We all have different. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah.
0: But meaning in the sense of you can be talking with somebody, you know, let's use that headliner analogy. You guys are on the same, ba, 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 ba. Um, you really like this guy. You think we're a woman or like whatever. You really like this person, think they're great think you get along well the vibe is good like yeah you leave with a good impression of them in your mind however the other person has a completely different experience you're like this guy's a little bit of a dick like I don't yeah no I I uh whatevs you know and and so you leave, you having one experience and, and one perception, they leave and have a different experience, a different perception. So then in terms of, like, you thinking about them... Maybe, how
2: important like, this memory is and how often this <clears throat> mechanism is going to, like, release. And how could it be at the exact same time? Well, say I'm thinking of the person every two weeks and they're thinking of me every six months. Uh huh. Then it can still line up. And a lot of times these things are... I mean, when I, when I think, of, when I have like these spooky, it's usually like, oh, I was just thinking of calling you two days ago. It's not like exactly in my Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, once in a while you think of someone and then they call like, right, that's, that's yeah. like a couple times in a lifetime. Yeah. But it's like that second is right when they called. Yeah. And, and it's a person you hadn't talked to in forever. And yeah. And hadn't thought about in forever. Yeah. A couple times in a lifetime. Most of the time it's like. Oh, I was, yeah, I was thinking of you the other day, and that's yeah. not—I mean, that—that that, I think that is pretty easy to um, to explain. A, a, a way using the—I mean—that totally fucking unstudied model uh, of wild speculation <laughs> that I'm presenting, <laughs> but I—but I know exactly what you're saying, yeah. and it's definitely a major confound, but. But there's there's still ways in which those timings can sync up. Yeah. You know, like I said, you know, if I think of someone once every si- uh, once a month, yeah, they think of me once every six months. Yeah. It will still seem like spooky when it's like, oh my god, we we just and then this person Facebooked me or something like that. Like I was just thinking it, you know, and uh and I just I don't I I think I'm cautious to rush to, um. To go like oh that's I mean, I mean look people people see Jesus and toast, yeah, and clo this is called apophania this is just over over perceiving um, yes. patterns, yes, and as children um, we do this all the time you look up at the clouds and you see uh, shapes and animals in the clouds, hopefully, as an adult, you still get that privilege once in a while, yeah um, and uh, and but but it's still. To to go like, this sort of looks like Jesus in a toast. Yeah. And to go like, this is Jesus. a sign yes. from Jesus. And yeah. this means something very fucking important. Yes. And, and now everyone should worship this toast. Yes. Yes. That, I mean, it's just a tricky territory. That's no, all. For sure. I mean, there's different ways of looking at everything.
0: And you know, I think that...
2: And maybe Jesus just loves getting a toast once in a while. Absolutely. What do we know? Maybe... I mean yeah maybe that's just his thing maybe he's like i'm sick of these crackers like why are we giving people these bland ass crackers church numbers are going down maybe if you started putting me on toast but it'd be more delicious you could butter me yeah. <laughs> like and maybe also, it's a message
0: and with that too he didn't say this is my you know like <laughs> take this cracker yeah yeah. like you know it's like it could very bread, well the, be jesus the, in the your house you know like raising lobes. um
2: but there's mo- other ways of looking no, at it no i know <laughs> you know
0: but I, I you know for me um,
2: and i feel like women are better at seeing patterns mm. um and are t- are are uh, more sensitive to them yeah. and are just more intuitive in general um, yeah. i mean this is like well tested with just Just showing, um, you know, micro expressions on a screen flashing and like women crush it at these tests and guys just don't. And uh, you inject females with testosterone and then they fail miserably. Uh, Testosterone seems to inhibit empathy. Um, But uh, but then so there's a lot of things like that, like women if if uh, they did more gathering and are looking for like more berries and looking through plants, mm-hmm. then you're going, you're going to have to be your pattern recognition skills are going to have to be a little more refined potentially than just hunting for some animal that yeah. sticks out a little more. For sure. Um, and so, so that might be that you perceive things in a way that I can't possibly perceive and understand. And your version is more correct. And I just don't. And it also might be that you over perceive things um, more than I might. And it's really tough to say which side uh, is is right in any way. And that's what is wonderful and beautiful of about life. It's Keep on questioning everything. Every single thing. If someone tells you they know a fucking thing for certain don't listen to where that person has. Yeah. Like Donald Trump is like very definitive. Anyone that like confidently like I know I am the best. I am this. Yeah. Like do not that that person is either compl- just lying or horribly insecure, um, or just delusional and oblivious, and probably all of the above. Um and uh so so yeah i mean this is this is why i, I what i love about my science podcast and scientists fall for the shit too like i'll sit you know across from an evolutionary psychologist and a sociologist i'll sit, just stick with that one of many examples yeah, because yeah. i already explained it but uh i mean and i'll listen to them talking about the exact same aspect of say a gender difference issue and one will say one thing, and another will say a completely different thing. And, some, and sometimes they'll be just equally as confident in their version of it, and anyone that thinks the opposite is fucking silly. So scientists are often are also flawed, but science itself is a pretty spectacular tool. It's just in the hands of imperfect. Um, things And science isn't perfect, but it's yeah. a great, great tool if it was used the way it was designed, which is impossible because at the end of the day, we're still biased monkeys with imperfect minds
0: that is that
2: make all sorts of mistakes.
0: That is very, very true. And in terms, though, I would say, like, of the knowing, um, I think that it's it, – in terms of – and I always really do – to the best of my ability, try to keep it to my experience. Yeah. Like in my experience, well, this is what you did happened. you once? No, I did it probably, um, it did it like a total of, well, I was there for, I was there for a week, so I did a total of five ceremonies. Um, was while it, I was, was there. Was it much different each time? Yeah. Yeah. Like, worlds different. Right. Each time. Right. Um, But with that, I, I got to have, um, profound, profound lessons that really were the, I, I like to equate it to if somebody starts to pull a string on a sweater Mm -hmm. and everything just starts to unravel. So like the sweater has a pattern and then all of a sudden it just keeps going and going and going and going, um, so yeah, so like I did it. I had done f- five ceremonies while I was there, and then I did another three or four um, since then. Uh,
2: I guess uh, the only point I was going to make is is uh, imagine you had had that first powerful experience, mm-hmm. and then you're like, "Well, I got it. I got all the change that I need. That was amazing. I'm done. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't need any more. Yeah. And then. And then you were to like speak with conviction about what the experience is like, completely not knowing the other worlds that you were going to visit that you would have missed out on. Yes.
0: upset Abso- like absolutely. I I completely, completely get that. And with I Hmm.
2: I'm also curious why you only plan on doing MDMA. Two more times in your life. Yeah.
0: I mean, I could be, I could be wrong. I mean, I could do it. I could do it many, many more times. And I, I guess.
2: Um, Have you ever tried MDA? I mentioned that's a no. no. Um,
0: I'm telling you, it's only been it's only been ayahuasca and MDMA, and I know that. And this, I know for me, mm-hmm. that. That first experience with the ayahuasca was like the first step um, on a journey um, in terms of psychedelics and entheogens. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't um, okay. Buh, 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 buh. So, so more specifically, I know that I will do MDMA at least two more times in terms of that. Um,
2: because i would say i'm just saying like i don't think mushrooms would necessarily be the same, because mushrooms can get real fucking real and yeah. real dark and like yeah. pull out the darkness and you can yeah. help i mean those are some of my best ones yeah but uh with someone that as I also don't have as much trauma as yeah. you are dealing with. Yeah. Um but MDMA is so effective and even better I would say is MDA um and uh I also I mean even if you want to use it in a clinical setting which I think is great, have you yeah. thought about bringing your partner in with you to the treatment? Yeah. That would be I think that would be really uh wonderful oh for sure because it's not just about working on your problems necessarily oh, yeah, it's also no. about you know it's learning to appreciate things
0: absolutely 150 fucking percent
2: and mdma is a fucking lovely drug to do with a significant other yeah um, i'm happy because i never liked it i always did it with like dudes or whatever at a party yeah and i was like eh, it's not my thing and yeah. then my girlfriend now happens to be um into yeah. MD. so i was like well you know whatever don't yeah. do a fucking yeah. drug <laughs> like you yeah. don't have to twist my arm that much yeah i'm i'm I, and disclaimer i am a bit of a reckless person so i'm definitely not like follow my example <laughs> but um but it's fucking wonderful for our relationship yeah clears up any like issues that we have miscommunications yeah. especially and um and also able to bring up some stuff that you kind of have problems with or whatever yeah that uh that you're um
0: that you normally don't feel that, safe yeah, bringing up, yeah, or don't like, have the language with with yeah, to speak yeah, yeah. under normal circumstances yeah. i mean yeah
2: i i mean i think i think that would be something that you should talk to your person about I, uh, I, if uh i, I would say I, I mean i think they do a lot of couples therapies for ptsd yeah. are you working through maps
0: um i'm not and like maps is like i was so happy the day that they followed me on twitter i like was like oh my god maps is following yeah. me on twitter like for some people it's like fucking justin bieber and i'm like oh my god maps
1: yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: um well and that's that is to your credit. That for some people it's Justin Bieber, and for you it's Matt. Yeah, uh, because the way. you know, I really,
0: but, I really do believe. Like, I, I really, really do desire. Um, just, it's it's two part, right? So it's like I, I've come into acceptance of of the reality, um, that. There are some people that are, are, are happy with where they are, right? Yeah. Um, and they are satisfied, and that's fucking awesome, you know? And and with that, too, though, that the, the individuals that I find in my life that are incredibly, incredibly unhappy, that have those same questions that I was asking you know, have those same fears, have those, you know, fucking depression, like where it's like fuck this like fuck. Like I just I can't fucking do it, man. And and saying like, hey, there there might be there might be an opportunity, um for you to get some help in this area. This is my experience. Yeah and the the, some of the reaction being so fearful, you know, like that breaks my heart, you know? Um, So I'm grateful to, to people like you, you know, it's part of the reason that I wanted to have you on, you know, um, and organizations like maps that are, that are, you know, destigmatizing Um, Not only, you know, depression, mental health, PTSD, sex trauma, but also, um, you know, for lack of a better term, normalizing, you know, um, entheogens and psychedelics and that um, it is, they can be incredibly, incredibly helpful as much as they can be incredibly harmful. You know, like anything fucking else, Mm -hmm. you know, um, if you don't read the fucking label. (laughs) Um, and yeah, dude, like I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful that like you are, um, that you get to utilize your voice in this way and that you are so honest with your experience, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like the world needs more individuals like you in this sense.
2: Well, I think so too. I I wish more people were, um, doing the very thing that I'm doing. And I think that it's a good time for it too. Yeah. uh, Um, I mean, like, if other comics talk about psychedelics or whatever I'd be like oh that's great yeah. I'm not like oh they're ripping off my thing yeah, which no. it wasn't my thing to start with yeah. it's just a, I do think it's a very important topic and for me um, drugs are also just a gateway to talking about how the mind works Amen. in an interesting way yeah. which is what I'd predominantly like to be talking about yeah. I, I would love to be able to do a tour um, as big as uh, the one that I um, am kind of wrapping up um, uh, about just jokes about psychology and how the brain works but uh, that's a harder thing to market yeah people are are open to uh, hearing about psychedelics and the psychedelic crowds are the most wonderful um, smart interesting I mean you have some cliches out there um, with uh, you know there's always a table or two of burnouts but not nearly as many as you would think and it's really smart interesting people that often have their shit together and are like healthy people, and yeah. uh, and that that to me has made me um, has really encouraged me and and made me realize that like no this is, it really is this just isn't my experience this is lots and lots of people's experience like this is helping a lot of people's lives yeah um, so yeah it's it's fun and it's fun to do I have fun with it. i I try not to take myself too fucking seriously too but but uh but you know um but it's great it's a it's a great tool i get to i get to use my smartest jokes in my psychedelic shows because i have the most patient (laughs) and smartest crowds (laughs) it's awesome and that's all that i really want to do is do higher level jokes that Uh, um, an average audience in a comedy club is gonna like Kind of go over their heads, yeah. not not that people are dumb, just that that's not what they're there for, yeah, they worked hard all the week they want uh, they want to turn off their brains and laugh, whereas now i am working my way into the indie comedy scene where people do want to be challenged and think a little more about the uh, uh, about the content, yeah, and it's uh it's just a wonderful um world that uh is full of a lot of new possibilities,
1: yeah.
0: It's true. Uh, my friend, I'm so grateful. Thank you for Thank coming. Thank you. And I, I end each episode. Well, that's not true. Cause I, re- like, I end each episode like asking a question about like when was the time that you actually shut up and listen. But um, since the last episode with Quinta, I've refined the question um, to what I really wanted to ask, which is when was the last time? you shut up and listen to your intuition and what ended up transpiring?
2: Um, well, I mean, um, I mean, I've, I've talked about uh, breaking my feet a million fucking times on a million podcasts. So I'm happy that I'm just giving a uh, brief, 10 seconds summary to get to the point um so that especially my fans that are listening don't have to hear the dumb story over and over again um but uh, i broke my feeble hiking it was uh like i it's really not as dramatic as it sounds but i was concerned i was gonna lose a foot for a while and it was like is like there's a million people that have gone through way worse shit than mm-hmm. this but it was a chance to reapprise things in my life and uh uh re- repraise things in my life and and uh and it gave me this like well i don't give a fuck i'm gonna why am i compromising what i want to be doing on stage i should just be doing exactly what i want to do and uh, i mean these are feelings that i have all the time anyway but it was it was that was as far as an intuition time that was in like that's what came out of um, a few months of like hardship okay. and depression was just like just you know i mean if you make it through this you can make it through challenging yourself creatively a little bit is certainly not as dangerous and scary and no. as hard to deal with as breaking both your fucking feet so you know like just go for it and uh and and that's that's something that I've gotten uh, a lot of resistance from throughout all my career and people often are like, like anytime I change things up a little bit or do something like odd or different, people like, what, what, I don't, I don't get this new style that you're doing or whatever. <laughs> And, uh, and this is the first one that like really really took off yeah um, when I when I just had a mindset of like I just don't give a fuck yeah I call
0: it the case of the divine fuckets.
2: yeah 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 it's a good term for it <laughs> yeah it's <And that's laughs> a, a wonderful it's a wonderful attitude to have and it's also in like an inspiring in aspiring way not in a fuck it. Yeah, nothing is worth doing yeah. that kind of a way. Like fuck it, I'm going for yeah. it. Kind of a way. Yeah, is why the really fuck empowering. not? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, why not me? Why not this? Yeah. Because whose life are you living?
2: Absolutely. Yours. Mine. As yeah. far as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That well, Up to yeah, question. That's true. <laughs> um. All right. Well, thank you again so much. I'm so grateful. Oh, thank you. Came. All right. Bye, guys.